Welcome back to the Parole Podcast. Is it still okay if I wish you a Happy New Year? Because it's been two months since the last episode dropped. Happy New Year 2022. And may this year bring such blessings that the years 2020, 2021 will be shamed. It's been a while. Lots of preparation and work behind this mic that you'll get to enjoy soon. I have connected with other media producers and it's great to see how Africans and its diaspora are embracing the medium. It is still in its infancy, but it's a powerful tool to make our voices and stories heard. I guess this is the right time to introduce you to Molly Jensen, CEO of AfriPods, the home of African podcasting. I managed to steal an hour of conversation to see how Africans are embracing this new medium. And to her credit, she reminds us that Africa is not a rookie in the storytelling space, but podcasts are a way to digitize our oral traditions. Even though it still is in its infancy, the market's huge and opportunities are everywhere. Lately, there has been so much heat in the media space about Spotify and Joe Rogan. I personally listen to his long format when I can, so far. On the log format, I have listened to Elon Musk twice and Kanye West. For me, podcasting can be a short or long version, and I do enjoy learning from guests who have a wealth of knowledge and experience on a subject that is relevant to the continent. And with Afropods, Molly and her team are working at building Afropods with what she calls GBS. Listen to learn more. One of the things I've been working on this year is a Patreon subscription. You can support my podcast by contributing monthly. You can find my Patreon link on the show notes. So, with everything happening in the podcasting world, don't worry, Parole and Sportive will not be affected. You can find a podcast from Spotify to Apple Podcasts. Because a podcast is sharing African stories, they are also on other platforms such as AfriPods. Listen, leave a comment, and share. Parole podcast, and today we are somewhere in East Africa uh, with a West African. I'm loving these vibes. It feels like uh, I'm seeing more and more mix, you know, mix things, mix people changing cities and stuff. So this is Nairobi with Molly Jensen or Jensen, because I have some, you know, I can sense that I speak German somehow. Uh, so, and who's going to talk about her a little bit and explain why she's in Nairobi? other than for the food, maybe not the food, but the music and the party life. Thank you so much for having me, Alex. It's nice to meet you. And my name is Molly Jensen, but if you are in the Nordics part of the world, people do say Jensen since it's such a common name in Denmark. So <laughs> yeah, my, my German isn't very good, but I know where you're going with that. Who are you? Because you, you're here because you're doing something in Africa. For those who don't see you, you know, you're mixed race. You were born in America. Tell us a little bit more. I am the CEO of Afropods. We run a pan-African podcasting platform on the continent. We're a podcast host. So essentially, we are the technical podcasting solution on the continent to digitize African stories. That's what we're doing right now. And it's extremely exciting being that the industry is growing so quickly. Um, I guess to give some color as to what I look like, since you hinted at that, I'm six feet tall. My mother is born and raised in Ghana. I'm a black woman. My dad is from the States. He's white. Um, I am currently in Nairobi, Kenya. I've been here for three years. 
What else? I have long braids right now. Taking a picture. I'm sure they can look on Instagram, Alex. I'm sure they can find me on Twitter or something, right? Absolutely. Can I joke? Can I make a joke? Because I know that people were like, Alex, how do you, you know, take care of your hair? I'm like, usually adult, which is not a good uh, thing to say. But every time I'm in Africa, I do the braids because it's an easy peasy thing to do. Do you um, do your hair yourself or do you go like in a, you know? I am very intentional about how I present myself because I feel like it's a very cool intersection that I'm at. I get to bridge corporate and cool as a media professional and as a young executive on the continent. And something that's really empowering to me is I don't have to fit into this mold of what an executive is. Like I am a young modern executive on the continent and I can dress any way I want and I can wear my hair any way I want. And it's very important to me to, you know, buy local African designers, wear traditional fabrics, modernize it whatever so i actually like met with a stylist in new york a nigerian woman and my wardrobe is like 50 percent african print 25 percent luxury and 25 percent basics you can't see it now but i'm wearing these adira pants from nigeria and i love them but to answer the hair question um you know this is also an opportunity for me to get every hairstyle i've ever wanted um <laughs> they have anointed hands on the continent you know, engaging with everything that Africa is and at least my little part of the world here in Nairobi. All right. I'm going to just finish with this. But if you do happen to be in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia in general, and they take care of your hair, yeah, you'll feel like (laughs) a queen. And they're legit, like, I don't know, they have like a, a religion about hair and they do it well. So because we're in Africa and we're talking about podcasts, for those who are listening to us, obviously, they do know what a podcast is. I keep messing with my mom and making some jokes. I'm like, I think she understood what a podcast was after a year and a half. I'm not even joking. Like episode 40-ish, you know. And I feel like Africa do know about the radio. They do know about the audio. What is a podcast for us Africans? We can go the real technical way or Mm -hmm. the way that people understand it on the continent. So a podcast is literally iPod plus broadcast. (laughs) Yeah. That's where the word came from a couple decades ago now. Something like that. Yeah. And what we understand as a podcast on the continent is a little bit different. I think we're still understanding what a podcast means globally, but when I explain it to people, a lot of people like to use, oh, it's radio on demand, or it's um, your chance to like digitize your voice, right? But podcasts are just audio files that you can play at any time that are not with music because of licensing mm-hmm. or with, uh, yeah, and they can have advertisements in them as well. Yeah. I mean, the difference between an audiobook and a podcast really is like an audiobook tends to be a story. And some podcasts can be serialized as if they're seasons, but a lot of podcasts tend to, uh, you don't have to pay for them, they're free. Audiobooks mm-hmm. tend to cost money. And also, they can be conversations, they can be interviews. There's quite a broad spectrum of what a podcast can be. I'm not sure if I have answered your question. No. But- True. 
color. Yeah, yeah, I like the fact that you added the ad because most of the time they're like, how do you, you know, how do you make money, Alex? People ask me sometimes and I'm like, uh, to produce a podcast, it's really, there is a heavy lifting, you know, that start at the beginning. It takes a lot of energy, you know, scripting things and that. What do you think that Africans will be maybe the first market in the future? I'll even push it, like maybe in five years, if I'm super, super optimistic. What do you see your role as a CEO of Afropods in that space? You know, in Europe, we talk about, you know, podcasting is everywhere now because you can listen like to the radio, as you said, and you can listen. I, I mean, I, I've been listening to podcasts for more or less 10 years. I was following um, sermons, uh, leadership courses, classes or whatever. And I know what impact it had on me. That was 10 years ago. In Africa, let's just say in South Africa, Egypt, Nigeria, what do you see your role as a CEO after pods? We are in an extreme period of growth right now for podcasting and audio on the continent. It's extremely exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, within five years, there's going to be exponential growth. The way that podcasting has picked up statistically, I think I was reading an Edison report, if I'm not mistaken. It might have been the Edison Dial report from a couple of years ago. Um, if it's not, forgive me. Africa is about 10 years behind where the states were. And then the next year, the report came out and it was like, Africa is three years behind where we were. And that's an incredible leap. But also, you know, people are familiar with the audio space on the continent due to the fact that radio is the most well-received medium on the continent and trusted for information. So you have this huge population of people, 1.3 billion people over 54 countries with 1500 plus languages who are familiar with getting information from their ears, from an auditory perspective. So when we talk about what podcasting is gonna look like in the next five years or what my position is gonna look like leading a technology company that's building the infrastructure for podcasting, one, we are going to see a huge influx of podcasts. We're going to see more creators. We're going to see more listeners. And I think over the next five years, we're going to see how podcasting differs from the West than the global South and specifically here on the continent. Because I'm an African podcaster, although I'm based in France, do I still, am I considered... African podcast at this point? I don't know. You tell me. (laughs) Okay. You're not only an African podcaster, right? Like you can, if you identify as an African podcaster, you're an African podcaster, but you are a African woman in the diaspora who's innately connected to the continent. Mm. Because at the end of the day, I realized like there are so many stories, obviously, on the continent. And I realized like when, when I started the podcast, I speak French, I speak English. And then realized, I think at some point on one episode, I did speak Franklish, Frank Kivrundi because of, you know, it was a specific episode. Then, obviously, there is Kiswahili, there is Yoruba, there is, you know, everything, Arabic and everything. Wow. Tell us about the languages that are available on the, on the scene. Well, 1500 plus, right? I mean, it's, I mean, when do we start? Because at this point you're like, uh, imagine there's someone like, I don't know, in Senegal speaking something uh, well, that it's not. Yeah. Well, if it's, you know, let's just say another thing somewhere because so many languages mm-hmm. in Burundi, we do have one. So I'm glad about that. And then the person is like, I don't know, man. I feel like this is only for this village or for this, uh, we're only 10,000 people who speak this language. 
And you're like, go. My personal feeling on this is that not everything is for everybody. And what I mean by that is that so much content content comes through a Western lens and a lot of content is in English. And as someone who speaks English, it's very convenient for me. But with podcasting and being able to memorialize this content, like these digital stories, it's such an exciting time and a way to kind of capture these languages when specifically speaking about the continent, there really hasn't been an opportunity for Africans to tell their own stories the way they want and memorialize their culture. And so if it's in Arabic or Amharic or Yoruba or Zulu or Sheng, which is a dialect of Kiswahili here in Kenya or Lugandan, Kenya, Rwandan, I could keep going. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It could be for that group of people, the same way that radio stations have vernacular satellite stations as well for those sure. micro communities or large communities. And you have to remember there are people within the diaspora who are looking to connect back to the continent or parents who are looking to be in the loop with what's happening on the ground, right? Like the, the global news outlets that we see, you have to remember news is a media and entertainment based a lot of times. And so people look for information where they want. And maybe this information isn't necessarily for you. And if you want access to it, maybe you have to learn something new. Maybe you have to ask someone who knows something different. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. As long as it's accessible, if there's a barrier to entry due to language, I mean, not everything is English or America centric and that's okay. True, true, true. Absolutely. Are you consulting for Spotify on a Joe Rogan <laughs> problem happening at this moment? Because it's interesting. It feels like it's the future for us because uh, who is doing the podcast at what time? Uh, who is on, who's the guest? What do you say? That, those are the problems that I, I have to deal on a daily basis. And in Africa, you have to deal with a lot of things, you know, politics, big, some of the things. As a not centered person uh what would you think if i say i don't want to work with people i don't want to work with these companies and then you have alex who is looking to showcase african brands you know on her podcast mm -hmm. what you know well everyone has choice right i mean it's a free country or continent it's it's more than that it's just who you are and what you align with from a moral and ethical perspective is your decision. And I think there are responsibilities on my side from a platform perspective, right? Like you have to provide a safe space. You also understand how powerful audio can be in convincing people to do things that they may not traditionally do, whether it's being radicalized or, you know, people are exposed to more perspectives and more groups of people who believe different things than they ever have been before because of the internet. So to answer your questions in terms of if you want to work with someone or not, I believe that you have a choice. I feel that in any partnership, you have to look at what you're getting out of it and what you're providing. And if it's in alignment with your values and morals and ethics, mm. then you have to trust your gut as long as it's not dangerous or harmful, in my opinion. All right, so we're talking about the audio, audio, audio space. 
uh, women. They do produce podcasts. What they is this do. space? Yeah. Well, how? What does it look like? You know, like I know I'm not the only producer. Obviously, I'm not, I'm not the only woman. But going on 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 your website, I realize there's so many things. Like I can't keep up. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> there's so many things, and I'm like so many themes, and I'm like, wow, where was I for like for the last two years? Yeah. Women are producing. What are the stories they're telling? What are the you know the things that you can themes? I guess that you can share it's not always women cooking or women talking about you know kim kardashian or whatever entertainment it could be politics it could be business it could be something else where are we going from there sure i think that's a really great question that you asked or rather prompt that you forwarded to my way because i have very strong feelings on this first and foremost as i've been studying the landscape here on the ground women are carrying the torch and it's incredible to see that women are truly trailblazing when it comes to podcasting on the continent. And whether it's someone like you as a producer or as a podcaster, whether it's uh, Rutendo out of South Africa who has the first and only podcasting magazine on the continent called Podcast Sessions. I'm actually the cover girl. Which I'm there you go, there you go. Um, <laughs> Or if it's Melissa and Josephine out of Kenya who host Africa Podcast Day out of their company, Africa Pod Fest. These are massive. The largest podcaster out of East Africa for a while was Adele Nyong'o of Legally Clueless. Again, you have Kim Fox out of Cairo doing um, Podfest Cairo. You know what I mean? Like women are all over and it's wow. incredible incredible. And that's not saying anything that men are not here. They are. There are tons of talented men all over the continent. I, um, a gentleman from Angola actually reached out. I think he saw me speak on a panel or something. And I'm very interested in the Angolan market. I'm interested in the Nigerian market. I'm interested in the South African market. I'm interested in the Zimbabwean market. There's actually a pretty strong podcasting community out of Zimbabwe, if I'm not mistaken. And I believe there's a podcast with two gentlemen called Two Brook Twimbos. But, you know, podcasting is exploding. Women are, from my opinion and what I've seen, tend to be doing a lot of the infrastructure lifting. And I'm seeing a lot of incredible men as talent as well. So I'm excited. And let's not forget myself. I'm running a technical platform for a podcast. Like I'm a woman. This is yeah. very, very exciting, you know? Right. That's true. That's true. So let, let me take you to, you know, Africa then from the US to, to, to Nairobi. How did it happen? Uh, it's such an interesting story. <laughs> so, you know, I have kind of moved around a bit, uh, primarily around the States and I have never been afraid to travel. I've been very fortunate to go places and and visit my family in other parts of the world. So when the opportunity came to come to Kenya, it was very exciting. Um, Ken, I make a joke. Kenya is one of God's favorites because you got <laughs> bush, beach, city, desert, country, mountain, <laughs> lake. Kenya is incredible. The it is beautiful. Weather, oh my goodness. <laughs> It was an incredible place to be quarantined. If I had to choose anywhere in the world, I would choose Kenya again. And um, I think 
I have always, my background has been in like people management. I was also in tech. I was at Techstars in New York. I've worked in a family business. I've worked in a corporate company doing payments and like global account management. But primarily I do best connecting with people from sales, advertising, marketing perspective. And I'm very fascinated by that. So I came to Kenya and I wanted to do something different. And I had the opportunity to kind of lean in to something new. And I know how important audio is here. I know what's happening globally from a tech, a media, and an audio perspective. And it's my fundamental belief that Africa is going to be the number one podcasting market in the world because it's a perfect storm. So I spent some time reading, researching, talking to people, understanding, and I had an opportunity to consult here. And then I learned more about the landscape and then the opportunity to work with Afropods presented itself. And then I stepped into leadership. So that's kind of I mean, process of what happened for me. <laughs> I mean, you, you visit once and you're like, I'm staying here. But let me say the Burundi is God's country because I'm just saying, hey, I'm just saying. You know, all 54, the continent. I the know, continent. but, but I you know. <laughs> and I would love to go to Burundi. Actually. Um, More than welcome. Because one, uh, one thing we do know, we do know how to do is to party. Although I'm not, you know saying that we're all drunks we do know how to party so we can party with alcohol and without alcohol but i feel like kenyans they do know they yeah. do know how to party <laughs> culture of going out here and enjoying yourself and having wow. fun i love and you know i actually basically don't drink at all i used to drink but i was an athlete so lifestyle kind of changed yeah but no judgment because People have a great time. People are excellent dancers. People enjoy themselves. And um, if you are an adult and you want to do whatever you do, I'm not going to judge. It does not concern my life. You know? It, it, it takes me back to 05 when, when the last time I was there. And I was like, I'm coming back. I'm coming back with money, with a lot of money because they. It costs a lot, but you know, out of body. Um, so because it's Kenya and Nairobi and the whole let's do the safari theme in Africa, I want to talk to you about the, the video space as well, because audio is great and I really love it. But I know that in the near future, I will be stepping into the video space as well. I've, I've been following some um, vloggers, African vloggers, and have been, you know, you just, as you just said, you know, in Kenya, you can go from Mombasa to you know, different places and you're discovering different things. As a Burundian, I haven't had a lot of um, opportunity, I, I guess, yeah, opportunity to travel in Africa. I'm, I'm believing to do, you know, more in the, in the future as well. Are you scared about the video space or are you uh, happy? What is that, you know, is there any competition, audio versus video? The way I think about it right now is more is more. <laughs> we need more content coming out of the continent, whether it's short form, long form, audio, visual, all of them connected, photograph. Mm -hmm. Everyone should be creating in any way that they feel comfortable doing so. From specifically when you ask about audio versus visual, these are two different mediums. Yeah. And I think that there are going to be people that feel very comfortable and easy with one rather than the other, which is okay. Um, I also do see that there could potentially be an overlap considering YouTube is so massive here. 
Like you have huge stars on YouTube out of Tanzania. The okay. internet is, is, I guess, way more affordable there or data. Um, okay. And they have people that I've never heard of who have like hundreds of millions of views. Incredible. Wow. I also have uh, a who has a company out of New York who actually is like digitizing um, some African children's stories and some of the podcasts actually live on Afropods. And he's been working with some authors out of specifically Tanzania because he found them on YouTube. So wow. yes, there will be overlap from an audio and visual perspective, but I still do think that those mediums can be a little bit different. I don't think everyone who's in audio is gonna go visual. I don't think everyone who's visual is gonna go audio, but there will be some people who are looking to extend the lifetime of their content by getting into different spaces. We'll see. All right. Uh, because you get to see lots, lots of data every day, I guess. If I were to, to ask you, put you yourself in the shoes of a podcaster. I'm pretty sure you see lots of things, society, sports, you know, business. Blah, blah, blah. For you, what do you see as a niche on the continent? I do know it's 1.3 billion, but let me put it in different language, like West versus East, you know, or North, you know. If I were to say, give me like an idea, if I am in East Africa, what do you think I should, like what podcast should I be building right now? Well, it's interesting again, because it's still so much in its infancy here. Everyone needs okay. everything. What we can say is that, you know, true crime and investigative stories perform well globally for our podcast listeners, right? So podcast creators, who are in a position where they can do a lot of research because these investigative podcasts require a lot of time and research, they perform well. Um, Nation Media actually is the largest media company in East Africa, and they have done a couple of really great investigative podcasts. Um, a gentleman, James Smart, has been spearheading that and uh, the first one that came out was Case Zero and it was incredible. But they have a couple other ones and they do really, really well. But that is very highly produced yeah. and not the, every average podcaster may not be able to do that. So I think other podcasts that do really well, speaking specifically of Kenya, Legally Clueless, Adela Nyong'o, she speaks to people who engage with her content. She has stories, she has interviews. It feels accessible and Adele's background is in radio. Then you also have The Mics Are Open, which is a group of gentlemen having conversations. I love their podcast. I listen to their Monday mini so They also release on Thursday, I believe. And even The Sandwich Podcast, which is a group of college kids having conversation in general. I try to listen, but that's in Shang a little bit. And I don't actually <laughs> understand Shang, but I do support. Um, and in West Africa, I've seen a lot of conversational podcasts, whether it's the dynamic between a boyfriend and girlfriend or... Okay some friends who are speaking. Um, there are informative podcasts as well where people are learning things, but a lot of what I've seen in general tends to be conversations and interviews. And I think that's because it's the path of least resistance when it comes to entering the podcasting space. Like you can literally do it on your phone. You can literally do it via Zoom and you can get your content. Whereas some of these other productions require a little bit more money or more yeah. likes to actually do. Absolutely. Uh, I'm thinking 
out loud, but I, I think in the near future will be a mobile centered continent and the, you know, the opportunity to, to obviously listening to more podcasts on, on a mobile, but once when, um, when I'm on, um, when I'm reading my statistics, uh, hmm, plug here, 72 countries, I'm just saying, who, who would have thought, uh, I do see that people really f- listen to podcasts on, you know, on the desktop. And I'm still amazed until now. I'm like, really? I, yeah, I do do that sometimes, but like some some people do listen to a whole podcast, like a two hour podcast on a desktop. What are we doing here? Mobile content, mobile <laughs> thing. I'm like, move, man. I, you know? Well, you know, you have to also remember when we're looking at this region, the Affordable Internet Alliance has said that this part of the world is the most expensive place to have a gigabyte of data, a gigabyte of data. And that's because it's in comparison to income. So if you have someone who is working at a job and they have access to a computer and they don't have to pay for it and the content is there and they're comfortable listening to information, then yeah, they may not even recognize that it's truly a podcast. It's just something that they can listen to. Or maybe they are familiar with a podcast and they want to listen to it that way. I think that that's just a method for getting their content. I will say that we see a lot of um, streams and impressions via our embedded web players, which we put on some of our partner websites. Um, And that just means we are taking their content, hosting it, and they can put it on their website and have it play, but it's hosted with Afropods. So that's actually been a very successful vehicle for getting content to uh, consumers and listeners great i'm not judging my guests by the way my, my listeners i was just asking because i am the producer as well of african tech roundup i need to talk about money i need to talk about funding i need to talk about technical stuff afripods you know they do need to pay the bills <laughs> so how do you guys do that so right now we're still pre-seed afripods is hopefully going to be fundraising in 2022, that is our plan. To your point, yeah, everybody needs money. This business is a little bit different because we're fundraising off the opportunity of audio and podcasting here. And the fact that there are so many people that are familiar with this behavior, it's definitely gonna be different than a traditional company that's showing income and profit from the beginning. Um, But we have plans to fundraise later this year. All right. And how about the advertisement then? Do you have a plan there? Or you... Absolutely. Yeah. So we will be an ad-supported platform. And that's because we are going to be free for listeners to enjoy African content or content of the diaspora as well. And also we offer free hosting. So when it comes to advertising, we actually have a dedicated sales manager who's helping get deals for podcasters, as well as insert dynamic advertisements on the podcast. We do have the capability to do so now. And if people are looking to monetize, I am all for it. Um, I say this quite often that we want to see African creators take up as much space as possible and get paid for their content. And that's something a friend out of Nigeria who hosts a conference called Storytellers said, and it stuck with me and it resonated and it was powerful. So Afropods is going to figure out how to have 
Creators take up as much space as possible. We're building the largest library of African audio stories on the planet, but monetization is one of our very important verticals. So we are working on that right now. Great. And then again, because you're from, you know, you're in Kenya, are you working with Safari, for example, to kind of, you know, explain or bring more insight about the, the podcasting world? I'll have said the same thing if you were like located in Ghana or Nigeria. Is there something there that you guys are working? Because I know that the telecoms uh, companies in Africa, they're really huge. Oh my goodness. That's yeah. an understatement. <laughs> Massive and incredibly successful. And mm. we actually were having conversations with Safaricom. We are still learning more about what they're interested in and what they're doing. For instance, they announced an app or a product project they were working on last year called Base. I'm not exactly sure where that stands. I know they had an invite, I saw it on Twitter and whatnot. But our plans with telco companies. Yeah, we have a lot of ideas for that. Um, we spent a lot of time getting our tech up to what I call a global baseline standard, which means that it can compete globally. It's not just good for Africa. It's not just good for Nairobi. It's good globally. And I think after we got to a place where our statistics dashboard and, and the way that you could measure your content was in a place where we could be proud of, um, now we are focusing on growth. So now we're aggressively focusing on partnerships. We're focusing on, on understanding more of what podcasters want. We're focusing on expanding new markets. And that's where these relationships with players like the telecom companies, whether it's Safaricom or MTN or whomever it may be, will come into place. But to answer your question, yes, we've had conversations previously. Um, I know that they're interested in all parts of innovation when it comes to audio and tech and telephone and communication in general, but we don't have anything right now that I can share. I guess because you talked about the fact that you guys are free, free hosting and everything, is it possible for a podcast producer as myself to work with you on exclusive content? Sure. Yeah. So if you, well, let's, let's make sure, let's back up. Let's make sure we understand what you mean by this. If you, there's a couple ways. If you were to produce a podcast and you want to host it exclusively on Afropods or distribute it exclusively on Afropods, both are possible. Absolutely. If you were looking to create content with Afropods as a partnership, that's also a possibility and something that we would possibly discuss on a case-by-case basis, depending on what the needs are of the company and what we're looking to accomplish and what that person is also bringing to the table and what they're looking to accomplish. But being that we're a startup and we have a little bit more flexibility and we can kind of be agile in our decision-making, I think everything can come to the table at least. There you, know? you go. There you go. This, this is for my African podcasters. I have to finish with this one because obviously it's on the news and everything. Spotify, Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Netflix are going into the audio space pretty soon. Uh, Apple Podcasts, obviously. Uh, Amazon. I think they do have a podcast place as well. Audible. Et yeah, Audible, et cetera, et cetera. Where do you see them? Obviously, you're not there yet, but you have great vision. I'm so excited. <laughs> Honestly, when you see the Amazon, the Facebook, the Netflix, the Google, the everyone, everyone, Spotify's, 
I hope they do the heavy lifting. I do, because we are still very much in our infancy here. And it's not about taking a piece of the pie. It's about making the pie bigger. You try to take a piece of this small pie, you're being small sighted. It needs to get bigger. And the fact of the matter is Afropods is gonna be here. The fact of the matter is Afropods is on the ground. Fact of the matter is that we have the interest of the African on the ground at heart. We are trying to make decisions in what's in alignment for what breaks down barriers to entry. Uh, how do you come from contribution? What does the community need? And I think that all of these content companies and media outlets who are stepping into the space just further reinforces that audio is massive right now and also reinforces that Africa could and will, in my opinion, be able to have this sector if they want it. Like, I, I don't see a reason why Africa wouldn't be the largest market here. And when you look at these huge global players, which I'm sure many of them have an Africa strategy or working on it or currently implementing it, that's okay. That's mm, okay. There's nice. room for more than one at the top. And I definitely, um, I believe that, like, I, I don't think that we're yet in a position where we're trying to knock people out. We're just trying to provide value and a new vehicle to kind of express yourself, especially when people are comfortable with storytelling. We're talking about storytelling in Africa. Storytelling is fundamental to the DNA of African people. Storytelling is fundamental to Black people globally. So please, everyone come in, please. Hey. Afropods is going to be here. I believe Afropods is going to succeed. I know it. I know that we have a very exciting year ahead of us. I know that we're a startup. But I also know that we are the technical solution on the ground. And we're doing the customer research and having the interviews to find out what people need so that we can continue to break down those barriers to entry so that people can produce content. So it doesn't scare me that people are entering the space. It more so reinforces that we're in the right space at the right time. And I'm also very excited because as a black woman, as an African woman, I'm extremely excited to hear authentic stories from the continent. That is really what everyone's working towards. So please get me more exciting stories. Let me hear <laughs> what's going on. Let's see what's happening. Like there's, it's, it is time. Yeah. It is truly time. And Africa's on the map. It's always been on the map, been, but yeah. there's never been a more exciting time to have black content and especially from like the OGs, right? Come on. Like, this is very exciting. So, okay. yeah. all right. I, I, now you give me uh, this idea. I want to produce with you guys and go and cover <laughs> Afrochella. Pitch me on the show. Huh? I want to pitch you on the okay. show because I, right, honestly, <laughs> I, I, I was looking to do that with Anna. I'm not dismissing them, but I'm just saying because we're, we're talking with another company and the Afrochella, the music, the Afrobeat world, the space that is taking in this world is just phenomenal. And then I was just following something online. And I realized like, I want to go there other than Whiskey and I think um, Burner Boy. Uh, I don't know many names, but I do know songs. You know, I'm learning. Oh, man. You know what I mean? 
No, because I know everyone's name. Like, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying, but like, go, do you want a playlist? Like, there's, there are some incredible, I mean, incredible Afrobeats artists, right? Like, I mean, wow. oh my goodness. West Africa has a stronghold on Afrobeats and I love it. But then you have Amapiano having this like massive moment in South Africa and just, taking over and then you also have like Gengaton out of East Africa which has been having a moment for the last couple of years and I actually really enjoy it so yeah African music wow yeah you you, you know what I mean and I, I don't think you know that because I think you were in the states but I think it was oh man 15 16 years ago oh man no more than that let's just say 20 years ago I feel young and the the music that was being played in clubs were like Kenyan music and they were oh, really? so great. And they were so great. And then um, Nigerians did what they did. And Kenya there. So so there's a song called Nina Noki. And I think with my Burundian accent, people will recognize that. But I'm more like in the rock music space myself. And I've always been that in Burundi and then here. And more and more I'm working on Burundi, I mean, on African continent. I'm like, what is this song? I'm like, baby discovering the world. And I'm like, I want to go to Africa. I don't know. I don't care about Coachella in the US. I want to go there. So here's well, the thing. Yeah. You can work on some podcasting and African music. I think Africa is amazing what they've been able to accomplish. And it's man. incredible. But also, you know, Afro Nation is going to be in Portugal over the in like June. And there's also... Trace Africa made it wait Trace made an Africa concert that's happening in Portugal as well in June or July and another concert that I'm forgetting but yeah oh wow Afronation I know because I was like I'm going there to surf and for (laughs) and in Africa so you know Trace the radio conglomerate on the continent yeah sure he was savage um she's incredible I didn't even know about her like in the last I think I knew about her like three months ago I well, I'm like, glad oh, you she... found out we're all waiting <laughs> for you to find out because she's incredible okay but in general like yeah there's there is some the, the content from every space art Fine. media music Fine. yeah tech, all of it is so exciting and it's amazing that it feels like not only is Africa getting like a, a, a seat at the table that they should have always had, but clearly a well-deserved seat as such a global inspiration, but now everyone's interested. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's amazing. I mean, like even from Afrobeat, right? From the seventies when you have like the OG Fela, right? Yeah. Fela, I mean, Music was happening before him. It but was, he yeah. was so instrumental. You know what I mean? And and then you look now, fast forward to the the Wiz Kids, the Burna Boys. Wow. Like it's I think for the last week, uh, I was, I mean, something happened at work and I was so so happy. And then I discovered the song Mona Lisa. You're gonna laugh maybe like and I didn't know the song. I was like, what is this? So I kept like the whole weekend, I listened to one song. I was like, what is this song? I'm glad you did. That's a great song. It's a really oh, good song. They know what they're doing out of South they know what, exactly. they know what they're doing. It's amazing. And I mean, there are, 
there are a couple playlists that are regularly curated. I think Spotify does a great job with African Heat. Um, okay. That is a great playlist. I think they also have Afro pop and some other stuff. I mean, like even when so my I told you my mother's from Ghana, my mom's Ewe, so like from the Volta region. Mm-hmm. And when I visited my grandmother in Manchester, she wanted to listen to Ewe folk tales and gospel stories and such. So it's going it's we're going places so for those who want to come with me at afro nation i'm not even joking when it got canceled last time i wanted to cry i wanted to cry so hey afro nation afro chill out so afropods you guys are launching something this week meaning the the week that this episode will be uh published what are you guys up to uh well we have a couple of things first on saturday it's africa podcast day february 12th Very exciting, very exciting. And um, I will be moderating a panel called Bridging the Gap Through Storytelling, Africa and the Diaspora. I think that's a really exciting and important topic. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have some really incredible speakers on that panel. It'll be at 4 p.m. East Africa time on Saturday the 12th. And the link to register for Africa Podcast Day is on Africa Podcast like Instagram, or you can just Google Yeah, I'll it. just link everything, yeah. Also, the magazine, the first magazine for podcast sessions for 2022 should be dropping this week, and I am the cover girl. Hello. I have not seen any of the photos of the story yet, and I'm extremely excited. I think it's going to be amazing, and I am so honored to have been considered and chosen, and we worked with an incredible photographer out of Kenya named Emmanuel Jambo. He's a South Sudanese. He shoots the president here in Kenya. He does incredible creative content. So nice. Even without seeing it, I know that I killed it. I know that <laughs> I'm not concerned. It's called confidence, you know, photo confidence for the guy and for the whole team. <laughs> for sure. I'm I'm excited. So and then we're also having a pre-launch party on Thursday at Barraza Labs, or um, yeah, Barraza Labs, which hosts also Semabox, which is their podcast production company and studio. And we're having a small event sold out in a day uh, due to COVID restrictions. We're only allowed 60 guests, but we're trying to build this podcast community and whether those are people that are creators or people who are advertisers or people who are interested in the space or people who listen to podcasts the fact of the matter is we have to build the ecosystem and there's a responsibility to do so at this point. And Afropods is, is happy to take some of that responsibility. And then I hope to get an invite for your next conference or. You have to follow us on social media because we share it all the time, but I'll make sure to add you to our mailing list if you're okay with that. I'm like, I I need to get out of Europe at this point. (laughs) I need to, I need to drink beer in, in Nairobi and going to say it's different places but no Nairobi first but uh yeah thanks a lot and uh yeah we're building something and it feels like uh I'm not alone I feel I don't feel uh depressed you've never been alone trust me there have been people who have been telling stories generations and generations before you and the fact that we are now in a position to digitize them just makes it that much more important for us to do so but you come from family 
and the lifelines of storytellers. Absolutely. Who you are. Like there was who you were going to be regardless if you decided to have a podcast or not. So you have never been alone in this space and you are certainly not alone in the podcasting space on the continent. It's growing every day. Come on. And for all the listeners there, for those who say, what is a podcast? I think now they know. I think now they know and uh, <laughs> they'll be able to kind of like see and hear voices and um, honestly I want to keep up with my Kiswahili and I know that you know listening to podcasts in Kiswahili will be the best bet I guess for me at this point Whew, who knows do you speak Kiswahili where is your Kiswahili I don't go I'm working on it okay I'm working on it honestly I say you know I actually do need to, on a serious note, I need uh-huh. to take the time to learn Swahili. It's important when you are somewhere that you really immerse yourself in the culture and the environment. And people don't speak Swahili to me and I would like to get a Swahili ah, Yeah. I will work on it. So next time you speak to me, I will have a little bit more Swahili. You oh, no, that? no, don't ask me. Don't ask me. No, no, no. I do hear, like, uh, my listening is better than my speaking, obviously. But uh, if you put me in the village, somewhere like in two months i'll yeah i'll be back on track because it's gone it's gone my german is better i guess at this point. no my spanish is better sorry than my swahili oh it sounds bad anyway Gani, do you speak away or oh, i don't know do, do you speak? I can understand a little bit um oh, okay because away people are like a smaller tribe in the ashanti and we don't speak twee uh, my grandmother actually speaks multiple languages but I understand okay. um, when they speak to me a lot. Of, to me, a lot of speaking, you can understand what people are saying from their intonation. You can know if they're upset, yeah. you can know if they're asking <laughs> question, you can know if they're happy, you can know if they're yeah. And so I wonder sometimes, is my brain playing tricks on me? But then I do. So no, I don't speak nice. fluent, I can't converse, um, but I understand a little bit. No, seriously, that's great. All right, let's do that and uh, for more, We'll link everything. Thanks for your time. Hope to see you in Nairobi or London or New York, but first in Nairobi, I'm not going to lie. Cheers and have a great day. Thank you, Alex. It's been my pleasure. Bye.